This episode is brought to you by Communications Training for Coffee Teams, a new Mapper Forward workshop tailored to get your team communicating more confidently to improve general mental health as well as business profitability. Click the link in the show notes for further details. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode two of a five-part series with my friend Khaled Al Mullah from Dubai. Uh, Khaled is uh, connected everywhere in the specialty coffee industry here in the UAE. And we're talking today as we explore uh, the future of coffee in the Middle East. We want to kind of define, Khaled, what are the different markets here in the Middle East when it comes to specialty coffee? Tell us. Well, if we talk about Middle East, I, I want to picture the MENA region, let's say Middle East, North Africa, because mm-hmm. this is, you know, the stretch of the Arab world. Mm-hmm. Um I'd be surprised that many people come, especially, of course, during trade shows, we have visitors as well, uh, what they are doing in a different country. Mm -hmm. And uh, you hear, of course, uh, big markets, let's say Saudi Arabia, you have Egypt, you have uh, people from uh, Morocco, from Algeria, there's a big investment about uh, coffee, Mm -hmm. Lebanon as well, Jordan, uh, all of these countries, uh, not to mention about GCC market, of course, mm-hmm. uh, Kuwait, uh, the first three market, let's say UAE, Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. Uh, these are, uh, let's say, the market with a big volume of specialty coffee scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have uh, Qatar, Bahrain, Oman, also the community are all in constant contact with the, with us. And uh, they want us uh, our support to engage even with these markets. It's the story, you know, of the specialty coffee. I mean, if you go globally, whether it's in US or in Europe, the mm-hmm. group of coffee professionals, you know, they share uh, their knowledge and views, and they try to reach one uh, one goal. And uh, this has been cascaded, you know, all the way even uh, around the globe. The same success story, whether it's happening in Korea, let's say Indonesia, or uh, in, in Europe, the same is happening here as well. Uh, we have a great potential for uh, this market to explore some of the companies, which I know uh, they open branch, whether it's uh, from UAE and uh, Saudi Arabia or UAE and uh, Egypt or uh, in Muscat, Oman, or uh, Bahrain as, as well. Why? Because they saw the potential in this market. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I know a company that has a branch, of course, in uh, Kuwait, uh, Qatar, UAE, and India. And surprisingly, because of the booming of the Middle East market, even India is now booming. Mm-hmm. India, we know that it's a tea com- uh, country. Mm-hmm. It's not a, co- a company. Even Pakistan. Uh, as well, we have engagement to, with the Pakistanis, and I hear they they want to grow coffee as well. Mm. They want to wow. invest. Oman, yes, really? Oman Pakistan. also, and Oman? Pakistan, wow, and Oman. Yeah. So I'm happy to hear uh, this uh, news. You know, we try to engage with them to bring agronomists uh, to, you know, to do all the tests, especially the expertise, whether it's uh, from Colombia or from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. to uh, teach them best practices for the farmers how to handle a coffee farm and see, you know, the varieties of the coffee bean. Basically, they have to check the climate, the soil, the variety of the uh, plant of there, not to mention the only 
a place in the Middle East that grows coffee now in Jazan, and mm-hmm. you have Rajal Alma and Al Baha as well, which even the Saudi, of course, uh, government uh, in the 2022 they call the coffee the year of uh, of coffee. Of coffee. Amal Qahwa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, there's a huge engagement from the government side as well, even in UAE government as well. There's huge engagement in coffee as well. They invested big, which we all know about the DMCC Coffee Center and much more coming as well in pipeline. So the, the opportunity in Middle East, it's booming. And uh, and I think it's a matter uh, of time we reach a level that uh, to create a sustainable uh, you know, market uh, for everyone. The, the only thing that, uh, you know, you mentioned that it's a saturated market, but mm-hmm. my concern uh, or the biggest challenge to reach a mature market, market maturity, in mm-hmm. order to have a sustainable market for everyone as well. Yeah. Right. So, Talk to me about the customer base here. The customer base. Uh, good, you mentioned this. Basically, if you go back in history, mm-hmm. uh, uh, UAE used to import uh, coffee from India and, uh, and Sri Lanka mm-hmm. and from uh, Brazil because it's a ge- geographically was far away. Mm-hmm. The consumption was <clears throat> uh, basically from these and uh, the only uh, back then, let's say the commercial line of coffee, that's the common of uh, of the people who uh, consumed, you know, uh, the coffee. Mm-hmm. But when that's, uh, let's say, the specialty coffee being introduced in the market, you find the resistance, mm. especially from old men, old ladies, or let's wow. say uh, people who you spend peanuts as, as well. But how you convince them, you know, to uh, try uh, this coffee? The good thing, I mean, Part of, you know, uh, exploring our business is to be transparent mm-hmm. and education, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of it, and, and uh, uh, you sit with the customer, let's say if you are a barista and you talk about traceability information mm-hmm. uh, from which origin, which altitude, uh, how was processed, you know, the taste notes of the coffee. Here, the customer start to memorize and develop you know, link this information with his palate. And then the customer become more picky, which is more difficult even for us. Everybody's facing this problem mm. because this year crop is not like the second year or the year after, you mm-hmm. know. So because he memorized his, you know, uh, he memorized uh, his uh, favorite on one type of lot and which you can uh, you cannot get it every time and so on. You told me of this really fantastic thing that you did with customers where when they would order a coffee with milk and sugar, you would do something really cool to get them to transition to black coffee. Do you remember that? Tell everyone what you do, what you did and why. Well, let's say in giant, uh, let's give an example in giant supermarket. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when we introduce, we didn't dictate and this is, a, I want to say to everyone, uh, don't dictate a company taste profile on customer choice. Give them the option. But okay. What is your favorite, your choice, you, you provide it for him. Mm-hmm. 
put the commercial line and put the speciality in front of the customer and let him uh, let him choose if he resistant he went to the commercial line that he's used to for 20 or 30 years okay give them a sample of speciality coffee and let him try and mm-hmm. see the difference then he will notice in giant supermarket we did the same so uh, transparency we put uh, a one kg to- uh, shop roaster from mm-hmm. topper what? yeah so old men old ladies they used to come and see you know we put uh, the beans in the hopper and then we set the temperature duration and then we check the samples till we get the right uh, rose profile mm-hmm. and then comes down in the coolant tray so they were surprised at seeing you know a live roasting in giant supermarket <laughs> wow. in front of them when and we put a world map indicating all the producing regions around the world the mm-hmm. coffee belt and all you know the uh, beans from the commercial line to speciality line with all traceability information obviously the price difference we put the speciality in more higher category more fancy <laughs> let's say okay. so can, he can realize <laughs> exactly it was in gold silos <laughs> but uh, it, gradually they start leaving the commercial line and starting with a specialty and uh, learn and uh, drinking habits you're right uh, then when he found out you know the coffee has you know full body taste and sweetness after mm-hmm. taste it doesn't require you know adding milk or sugar mm-hmm. so they they left it eventually so they yeah, start beautiful. to learn they don't have to add uh, you know anything on, on top of the coffee yeah. It's it's a key engagement from the coffee industry, and you know, to reach market maturity. It's not an easy job. It's, it takes years, but eventually, uh, once it kicks off, uh, you know, uh, it creates a sustainable market for everyone. And when it comes to the very specific kind of coffee that is drunk here in the Middle East, the the Arabic coffee. Um, that's something that's very fascinating that's different between regions. Do you want to talk a little bit about how, uh, you know, Arabic coffee, well, explain to people what Arabic coffee is and then explain how it's different. This is really fascinating, Absolutely. folks. Absolutely. I wish I had Adela next to me so I can I display it. But I don't have one next to me either. No, no, I have it over there, but I don't want to interrupt the podcast. But uh, so... I just want to mention whoever yeah. present the Arabian uh, coffee pot, which we call it uh, as known as the uh, Della. What does it mean? It means the person likes to welcome his guest, despite mm-hmm. he doesn't have anything in his pocket, but at least he served, you know, uh, the coffee, gahwa, we say it, of course, uh, he served the guest with the gahwa and dates. So this Arab hospitality traveled 100 years now you see it in five-star hotels mm-hmm. you see it in airline lounges you see it in uh, government departments they serve you uh, arabic coffee that means you are welcome you see the simple of the uh, you know the arabian dollar uh, in the roundabout that means the country like to welcome its, its guests and the only currency in the world which has the arabian dollar is the uae one dirham you can yep. see it uh, over nice. here yeah yeah, so it's deeply rooted in our tradition and culture. It's a simple sign of hospitality of the Arab world. When it comes to uh, Arabic coffee preparation, let's say uh, compared to uh, 
you know, in different countries, every region has its own way and method of uh, preparing. Um, uh, basically, uh, in UAE, uh, you have the cinnamon roast right after the uh, first crack. Mm -hmm. So this is the roast profile, which we do it uh, for, let's say, Emirati, uh, you know, uh, Emirati uh, roast profile. And of course, it's a personal preference. It goes to even brothers, they don't get along. So you add different flavors in it, either mm -hmm. cardamom, clove, uh, rose Saffron. water. If you uh, if you have a special guest, yes, they put uh, saffron because you know it's the most expensive commodity, mm -hmm. saffron. Uh, so it goes to personal preference, and every time you hear why you didn't put cardamom, or why you didn't put <laughs> rose water, you hear it between you know. And this is in one household. Uh, the Saudi has different. Uh, mm -hmm. Each region has different uh, rose profile. That uh, you have. Gahwat al Gishr, you have uh, Shagra. So uh, the Al Gishr, which is Kaskara. Yep. They do coffee in Kaskara in the producing regions, plus the blonde coffee. But the dominant taste is not coffee, it's the cardamom and clove. It's the spice. In Saudi. Yeah. Yeah, it's the spice, yes, absolutely. Folks, it's yeah. really uh, very interesting to see because the roast profile, profile is so light that uh, it's barely barely gone to yellow um, when when it's being ground and it's very tough to grind yeah. and and it's a it's a translucent ish sort of coffee that it's just looks a little bit milky that's about absolutely it, it doesn't yeah. look like a, a, a like the kind of coffee and it gets served maybe 10 mil do you think it's 10 mil yeah. or is it less? Yeah, it's a, so basically they put less. Uh, so uh, the protocol of serving Arabic coffee it has huge, you know, we uh, demonstration. So even much etiquette. The, uh, yes, yeah. So uh, first you put a small one or two sips. So mm -hmm. you want the guest you serve them to sit. If you put up to the half, it's totally disrespect. It's like yeah. drink your coffee and walk away. And leave. So, no. <laughs> it's time yes. to go. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yes. but uh, yeah, they put a small sip, so he expect him to uh, take more to sit and uh, talk, you know, with the uh, people who invite him or mm. uh, the majlis which he went in, into it. So we have different books, publications, you know, indicating the, you know, all the etiquettes of, you know, serving Arabic coffee which is good but uh, i did a poster as well uh, uh, illustrate you know the the position of the arabian uh, coffee in the gcc market one of them for, uh, there's a various information in it but uh, uh, two of them is the design of the arabian dollar how mm. you know the evolution how it had been changed you know from mm. starting even from yemen all the way to Saudi Arabia, because you have there the shape of the uh, Jabina, then goes the, the, uh, the coffee pot of, in Mecca, then you go to Hejaz, passing mm -hmm. to uh, Syria, Jordan, and then, of course, the rest of the GCC countries, like in uh, UAE, uh, Bahrain, uh, the Kuwaiti design coffee mm -hmm. pot. By looking at it, you will know which region has been manufactured or which family they manufactured. Even you see the 
signature of the family on the Arabian Della. Yeah. And folks, it's really interesting when you come to Khaled's Coffee Museum, like to actually see the history. It is, and and I hope in at World of Coffee Dubai in 2024, we see so many of you there. Um, and Khaled gets to take you to the museum. It's really something amazing to watch because the history of coffee in this region of the world is unsurpassed and it is deeply fascinating to observe. So, yeah. you know, this uh, sets us up beautifully for the next episode where we're going to talk about World of Coffee <laughs> Dubai <laughs> and, and, uh, and the importance of trade shows in this region, which it, it really is very important. So, folks, join us for the next episode. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.